belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for October 18, 2020 is called Practicing Obedience. The speaker is John Ray and the location is his front porch. Hey, good morning, Grace Church. Awesome to see everyone here. I wish we'd be meeting face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder, but since that's not the most loving thing to do right now, um, we'll be here on my front porch. So excuse the occasional sound of wind or a car driving by or a falling leaf, uh, but it's just too nice outside to be inside. Welcome to everyone who is watching here in Northwest Arkansas um, and from beyond. We're really glad you're here. Type a howdy into the comments section. Let us know where you're joining from if you haven't done that already. And we're really looking forward to next week. Uh, We're going to meet again at at Vespers Point on Mount Sequoia like we did a few weeks ago. Uh, We'll be distanced. We'll be wearing masks. We have everything set up, but it's a great time. Forecast is looking great. So bring your blanket, bring your face mask, maybe bring your dog uh, and join us 1015 next week on Mount Sequoia, Vespers Point. And I want to pause right here at the beginning. Um, She doesn't get enough credit, but I want to give credit to Stacy Bell. She is the one who makes all this happen. Um, Without her, we wouldn't be able to meet as we are. And uh, she selflessly and sacrificially uh, works behind the scenes to make these uh, Sundays possible. So send her a note, uh, send her a care package, send her flowers. Um, But give a shout out to Stacy Bell. Uh, she's just doing a fantastic job. Well, years ago, Jane and I were faced with a situation that has come to define our lives. After years of serving in missions, raising support, being away from family and friends and hometowns, uh, the opportunity came up for us to move to my hometown, Austin, and take over a business that I wanted to do almost my whole life. Now, there's a whole long story that goes with this, and we don't have time to go into it this morning, but I need you to know this. This opportunity is what I wanted, and I wanted it badly. It's what I'd prayed for even, what I longed for, but also it wasn't the thing that I needed to do. If I had followed through and taken the opportunity, I wouldn't have been, I would not have been obedient to God. So stop for a moment. I want you to think about something in your life you wanted with all your heart, that you prayed for and longed for, but knew deep down it wasn't the best thing, that pursuing it would go against what God wanted for you. We all have those things. We all have those things we want desperately, but we also know are not the best for us. Now, maybe like us, you said no, or maybe that no was made for you. And now with time and perspective, you can understand that the thing wasn't the best thing for you, that if you'd gotten it, it would not have turned out the way you thought it would. Maybe it was a relationship with another person or a certain job or a change in location. But with perspectives, you can see that 
obedience was the best choice with that. And this is where I wanted to start to see what it means to obey. Because so often we talk about it in transactional terms. And it's really not that at all. And obedience is often a dirty word in our culture. We think of it as the opposite of freedom. And there's nothing our culture values more than freedom, or at least the idea we have of it. We see obedience as oppressive, as something at best to be endured, not embraced. But what if that isn't true? What if obedience, and I'm talking about obedience to God here in, in very specific terms. What if obedience and freedom were mutually dependent, not mutually exclusive? What if obedience opened doors rather than closed them? What if through obedience, we came to be more rather than less? Well, these are some of the things we're going to consider this morning. So pray with me if you would. Creator God, creator of the leaves and the wind, this earth we inhabit as gift. Fill our minds with wisdom. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, minds to discern, and hearts to love and obey. Transform us more and more into the image of our Redeemer, Jesus. And open us to the filling of your Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit who leads and guides us into all things good and true and beautiful. We're trusting you to do these miraculous things, things beyond our own ability. We're trusting you to do them this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. So the big idea here is that faith and obedience are inseparable. Christian formation is about following Jesus and putting Jesus' words into practice, not just meditating on them or memorizing them, but acting on them. When we talk about the disciplines and practice as we have been, we need to see that all of them originate in this invitation to obey. We take our cues and set our course, not according to our own limited finite understanding, but according to the love and wisdom of the creator God, the redeeming God, the inspiring God. Obedience is, is basically just admitting that we don't know it all, that we can't figure it out on our own, that we need someone to guide us, to lead us with that. You see, obedience is a, taking a posture of humility that confesses that we don't have those answers. We don't have the cure. We don't know the way, but God does. And that way, God's way, is the way that leads to life. But, but what does it mean to obey? It's cultivating the practice of obedience in a way that is done by faith, not by transactional nature, but by faith. It isn't rigid. It isn't moralistic. It isn't quid pro quo of submission in exchange for something good or avoiding something bad, but instead a radical expression of our faith, of our declaration that God is good, God is trustworthy, that we can believe God, that we can take God at God's word. 
this opens the door for us to welcome others as well as accept the invitation ourselves to belong. Likewise, it forms in us a practice that leads us at times to believe what would otherwise be hidden from us. We've talked a lot about this at the church over the years, is that, that knowing follows obeying, not vice versa. The world says know it first, then obey it. We as Christians practice obey it and then come to know by obeying. Well, scripture is replete with examples of this. First Samuel, uh, we get the, the magnificent verse where um, Samuel says, does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices in sacrifices as much as he does in obedience? Certainly obedience is better than sacrifice. Paying attention, which we'll talk about a little bit, is better than the fat of rams. Well, Jesus couldn't have put it any more clearly when he himself said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Love and obedience likewise are intertwined, as well as faith and obedience. Throughout scripture, we encounter people doing everything but obeying God and deceiving themselves with some form of ritual obedience that actually allows and justifies them to disobey what God really desires and instructs. We're really good at following our own ideas or, cult or our culture's idea of what it means to follow God while ignoring what God actually wants. Well, a long time ago, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German martyr, wrote, only he who believes is obedient and only he who is obedient believes. Now, if you think about it, this might be a bitter pill to swallow. Again, we are so conditioned to think of freedom and often faith as being free of anything or anyone else telling us what to do. But that's just not the case. Obedience and faith are inextricably intertwined. Obedience and freedom are not mutually exclusive. It's obedience that is foundational to our formation. Dallas Willard wrote this. There must be no mistaking the fact that discipleship to Jesus means primarily learning from him how to do, easily and routinely do, the very things he said for us to do. Now think about that. Discipleship is just learning how to obey. Obedience is the only sound objective of a Christian spirituality. Of course, we do not obey to earn anything. We've talked a lot about that. Earning is out of the question. But we obey because doing the things that Jesus said is what is best for us and everyone around us. Now just let that sink in for a minute. Doing the things that Jesus said Jesus tells us to do, obeying Jesus, is what is best for us and best for everyone around us. And like most things, the real question is not if we're going to obey, but who we are going to obey. We're all obeying someone or something. You might think you are freely making your own choices, making your own decisions, when you stop and really consider things, 
chances are we are just slaves to all kinds of things other than God. We're obeying all kinds of messages and people other than God. Eugene Peterson once wrote this. He said, everyone more or less believes in God or gods. But most of us do our best to keep God on the margins of our lives. Or failing that, we refashion God to suit our convenience. Prophets insist that God is the sovereign center, not off in the wings or at our beck and call. And prophets insist that we deal with God as God reveals himself to be, not as we imagine God to be. Look, if you're like me, obedience to God does not come naturally. It's not something that I can just gin up the will to do. It starts with very small practices. And it starts with reimagining what obedience results in, that it is something good and true and beautiful, not oppressive. St. Augustine is famous for uh, knowing that it was best to obey God, knowing it was good to obey God. However, he just wasn't ready. He, he prayed, Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. I think a lot of us are like that we we kind of another way we put off obedience is by saying oh that's good someday oh i'll do that when my circumstances change oh oh yeah obedience is great when i get my life right then i'll start doing that look don't put it off quit deceiving yourselves let's let's quit deceiving ourselves what what if our practice of obedience started right now? What if we truly practiced obeying the commandments of loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving our neighbors as ourselves, seeking justice, walking humbly, and loving mercy? What if, what if we started doing that right now and it guided and permeated all of our choices and actions? What if we came to understand obedience not as a way of earning, but of learning? Not, not as a way of avoiding something bad, but developing resilience. Not as a way of conforming, but as being transformed. What if we came to understand just what Bonhoeffer and so many other Christians who have gone before us understood? That faith and obedience are inseparable. And friends, what if we followed the example of Jesus? Because ultimately our only hope is not in our desire, is not in our intention, but it is in God. It is the one who calls us to obey, also enables us to obey, obey, and also gives us the example of what it means to obey. None of us is beyond this or above this Jesus himself. Paul writes in Philippians, humbled himself. By what? By becoming obedient, even obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We really don't have an excuse, do we? I mean, we have excuses. We don't have an excuse. Not only do we have Jesus as the example, but we have the Holy Spirit inside us. What if we trusted the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, to make the hard choices, to obey when it cost us, when it's sacrificial, when it puts us at odds with the world, with our friends, with our own desires. 
What if we trusted that? Well, look, we've, we're in the season where we're talking about the practices, the spiritual disciplines that lead us to become more and more like Jesus. Obedience is not a separate one. It's one that infuses all of them. It's one that, that enables us to see our response to God as an obedient response, something good, true, and beautiful with that. And one specific practice that I want to talk about this week as we wrap up is just as I asked you that question early on, think about a situation where you, you wanted something, but you knew it really wasn't the best. I want us to, I want us to practice that art of reflecting thinking about our choices, thinking about our life, thinking about the things we do in light of obedience. Does this demonstrate obedience in my life? Does what I buy, where I shop, dare I say who I vote for, does it demonstrate obedience to the commandment to love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength and all my spirit, to love my neighbor as myself, my neighbor, period, the ones that don't vote like me, act like me, look like me, believe like me, but to love them as I love myself, sacrificially, without expectation of return, humbly. What if we really sought justice, walked humbly, loved mercy, rejected all forms of pride and arrogance, division, if we really did that, what if we reflected on that continually and saw that as a form of our obedience? How would our lives change? How would our communities change? How would our formation change? Well, one of the things that we're clearly instructed to do, along with the things we mentioned, is to remember what God has done for us in the form of Jesus. We do this by taking communion together. So if you have your elements, go ahead and grab them. Jesus clearly instructed us. It's one of, one of those commandments that is um, unavoidable. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Do what? Well, we take the bread that he said represented his body, which was broken. That he gave voluntarily, but in obedience to the leading of God the Father that he gave for us. And he took that bread and he broke it. Likewise, he took the cup of wine and he, he said, this is my blood, which is poured out in obedient response to the Father for us. You see, our own salvation is rooted in the obedience of Jesus. How can we not likewise obey? He said, take these things, remember, and then go and do likewise. So we take, we eat, and we drink together. Likewise, we take this time to give our offering, to share with what we have, with the knowledge that none of us is without something to give. All of us have something to give. And all of us has a need. We're all needy. We all need the the help of others. And that's why we share our offering so that others' needs can be met. When ours need to be met, they'll be met. 
we give with out of what we have obediently lovingly joyfully thank you for being here thank you for listening to this if you're listening on the podcast we're really glad you're walking this out with us grace and peace y'all thank you for listening to the grace church of northwest arkansas podcast you can find out more about us at gracechurchnwa.org have a blessed week